All right, welcome to another episode of the Streaking the Lawn podcast. Once again, my name is Pierce, and once again, I've got Zach with me. Hello, Zach. How are you? Doing well. How's it going? It's going great because you know what? It it, it was time. Uh, the fans clamored for it. They tweeted. They said, "We want Caroline to come back on the podcast." So she's here as our special guest this week, Caroline Darney. Hello. Ba, 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 ba. Hey. <laughs> Don't You're, call it a comeback. Yeah. Uh, you know, anyway, uh, hi, for, for your pit <laughs> excellence, was that the request for your deep knowledge of the Pitt yes. Panthers and the upcoming was, football team? Yeah, I think it was our good friend Steve. Was it Steve? Up, upcoming football game, I should say. <laughs> Current football team's <laughs> upcoming football game. Uh, but plenty to discuss for the football and um and basketball um maybe we'll get into other things too who knows but uh i don't know basketball is more on my mind uh right now after uh last night's um bludgeoning troubling you pierce what's troubling you the the hands of the houston cougars who um beat our our virginia cavaliers uh pretty handedly uh on on the road for the who's a, a good road test it's funny how this season um has already immediately started like last season uh with uh and i hope it finishes similarly but you know having uh having the who's drop (laughs) they came to navy a lot like dropping a game to uh san francisco and then getting blown out uh by houston was a lot like getting blown out by uh uh, gonzaga i don't think houston is at the level uh of gonzaga you know they, they struggled to to beat a Hofstra team by eight, uh, but handled the who's by 20, you know, they're a final four team though. So obviously they're, they're the stiffest competition. The who's have faced so far and uh, a physical team. Um, and I think that's probably a lot of what we could talk about, about the issues with uh, Virginia basketball. Uh, I think physicality um, is, is going to be something that recurs a lot through the ups and downs of this season. So you know, Zach, why, why don't we start with you a little bit? What'd you see um, in that game? What were the clear uh, shenanigans afoot keeping us from a, a, a one seed? That's what we want around here. So uh, what's what's gone wrong for the Who's so far? Yeah, I mean, I, I think part of it was that Houston did play well. Like, I think that that is important sure. to establish that this wasn't like a, this wasn't a game that like Houston played well and, and we played poorly. So, so, you know, a 20 point loss stinks, but Houston did hit shots. Um, they hit them early and they were able to play their game. Like a lot of the time mm-hmm. we talk about UVA imposing its will on opponents. And this is a game that Houston absolutely imposed its will on us. Um, they're a defense that is frankly built to beat or to stop a UVA offense, very similar to Florida state in the fact that they want to make individuals make plays. Um, And then, you know, obviously offensively, they want to hit threes and then get on the offensive glass. And what are the two things that this team has, you know, proven to be less than great at this season has been on the defensive glass. And obviously when shooters hit shots, that's just the pack line defense. Mm -hmm. Um, Offensively, this team does not have the playmakers and they don't have the shooters of years past to just make up for the fact that defenses are going to be in their grill. Um, yeah. Tony Bennett's relied on the mover blocker offense this season very, very heavily. And this team doesn't have the experience that really you really need to run that offense really well, nor the shooters at the guard right. positions or even the shooters um, among the bigs. And there's just there's nothing easy offensively. And when there's nothing easy off- offensively and the opponents are hitting shots and the, you know, the guards are pressing and turning the ball over. 
you know, it's just a recipe for disaster. And this team doesn't quite have the talent to overcome that many mistakes. And, you know, that's what we saw last night. That's what we saw against Navy, frankly. It seems like what the Who's want to do on offense. I mean, you know, they're going to have to find outside shooting and, and they hit some of those shots. Uh, in their second game, they're, they're only one so far this year, and they didn't hit outside shots, like obviously against Navy or right. Houston to, to stay in it. But, you know, that's not their strength. And you can see them even last night while they're down 20, still trying to play to their strength, which is, you know, get in the lane and dish to a big guy or get in the lane and finish. I mean, that, that seems to be if you're asking what what's, you know, Gardner going to do what's Shedder going to do. Well, hopefully it's catch and put the ball in the hoop. Right. And what's right. Reese Beekman really good at. Hopefully it's getting by the first guy and being able to make that pass. And, uh, you know, certainly Kihei brings that as well. Um, and I would say Franklin too. I mean, he, you know, he has this um, reputation coming in as a guy who really improved his shooting. We've only seen it one game so far, but he's a big guard who you think could turn that corner, get by one guy and be able to dish it off. That's not going to work against a team like Houston. It's not going to work like a t- against a team like FSU either. So they're going to have to develop something uh, additional <laughs> in order to succeed, you know, in, in the ACC on the whole, like against the better teams, right. the more physical teams. So, um, yeah, I mean, you lose a d- disappointing road game, but like they did last year, maybe they could take some lessons away and, and start to implement something new. So we'll get back to you in a second, Zach, with some thoughts on that, like some wrinkles that we've seen before that, that potentially could be employed. But, you know, Carolyn, uh, you're here to bring the optimism, right? Let, oh, what's what's uh, something what's something nice from last night or just avoid the question and just tell me all the bad things you saw too. Either, either is fine. Say, I don't care. I will, I will say going into halftime, I think they're down 13. I was like, well, that's a win. Right. Uh, because it yeah, just, they could have been down it, by 30. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and everything that Zach says is absolutely accurate. Virginia, I, I, I will almost say you can quote me on this uh, as I say it into something that's being recorded. Um, I don't think Virginia wins any games where Jaden Gardner and Caden Shedrick combine for eight points. Um, mm-hmm. I just, you have to get like, you have to get points from the front court the way that this team is built in I in the if you want the quote this is the light optimism side of things if you didn't in some way expect this type of start or this team to have these types of issues I kind of want to be like you maybe weren't paying attention a little bit just because this is a team that they should have beaten Navy this is not an excuse Navy came out (laughs) guns blazing if you will um but it's just like that was a difficult team for them to start with because of Navy's experience and Navy's like, I don't want to be dramatic or whatever about it. Their discipline and preparation. They were extraordinarily <laughs> well prepared for that game and they had all off season to prepare for that game, prepare for. And I don't know if you've heard, but it's generally one of the qualities that people say about the military is preparation and discipline and they executed. And that was something that, you know, that Virginia, I thought, did well to fight back into that. They never should have had to fight back into it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think, and I think the last two games that Navy has played has shown that they will not shoot like that maybe ever again. Um, and I don't know that they'd shoot that way in an empty gym, but a lot of those shots were open <laughs> because they rotated the ball that well, because they were prepared and they hit shots. Um, all three teams that Virginia has played has opened the game with a three pointer. Um, some of which had hands and faces, some of which did not, I don't remember the Navy one, but whatever. Um, and at a certain point, 
like I have to start wondering like was there some sort of animal sacrifice before the championship that was like I don't care if every team makes every three against us forever but the yeah. add the buzzer and banked in threes are yeah, getting real yeah. old yeah, getting yeah. real old folks <laughs> like don't need those anymore. I don't know but if you build confidence right because you know right. the pack line when not played optimally gives up open threes it seems yeah. to be the that going thing you build some confidence and then you yeah. feel like you can make in bank threes at the end of the buzzer it's right like it's the NBA jam rule, there is right? like yeah they, yeah they exactly people feel like they're heating yeah. up and but the thing for me too is like you know Kyler Edwards maybe had a little bit of a next to grind being on that Texas Tech team in 2019 so oh, he was right, like right. man screw these guys <laughs> I'm gonna hit every shot including <laughs> ridiculous leaners from three with a second on the shot clock um and I joke about that and those shots hurt but the bigger issue is exactly what you said. like you can't it's the it's the youth and the inexperience this team clearly hasn't gelled yet and that's like if you expected them to be where like the Ty Kyle Dre Jack like those guys were in the beginning of that season like it, I just think you're setting yourself up for failure because these guys have not had that much time to play together and this is an extraordinarily difficult road test which again they mm. and you know Reese Beekman's never played a true road game like he's never played right. a game in front of fans like like this type of thing and everyone's like don't make excuses for them like I'm not making excuses I'm just pointing out some things that like he this was by far I think his maybe his I don't remember I was gonna say maybe his worst game like in the uniform and I like he wasn't the worst like he wasn't like the worst but there were some weird fouls we foul issues he had just he would drive into the trees and then realize that like oh these guys are really tall and and those were like 17 turnovers you know the guy was like dishing out six assists with one turnover in the first couple games and then obviously this was a difficult game so I think there's a few options that come out of this. One is this is an average ACC team and we finally get the quote unquote down year that we've been promised several times during Tony Bennett's tenure, but never gotten. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and that's fine. Like, I mean, this is not like, a, oh, for, you know, we can still cheer them on. Like there's some, like, I don't know. It's just it, the vibe is what? weird right now. <laughs> like, I just mean like people are like, it's that's like okay three thoughts at once. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this is what happens when you keep me, when I'm not Deep here breath. for a while, all my <laughs> thoughts like, yeah. but this, or they learn from this and they have a path that's similar to the 2020 mm-hmm. team. That's kind of, mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I, I mean, go. yeah. Like you, like you hinted to the, the turnovers is, yeah. is probably the most disappointing thing. Um, I mean, obviously that was the difference in the score at halftime. Really disappointing. Right, they had right. 14 points off a of turnover. They just looked, 13. it wasn't just that. And like, I mean, you heard the announcers saying it the whole, whole time. This is what Houston does. Like they get in your face, they yeah. bully you, they make you make mistakes by playing really physical. That And, and like Zach said, yeah. that's their game. And they made us, they made the team play into yeah. that game. Um, they executed but, it well. Houston no, played very well. Like we're used to teams shooting well <laughs> against Virginia. Um, we're not used to those turnovers. So that's probably the most disappointing thing because they just didn't look good you know like some of these losses even the upsets sometimes you're like well they looked all right they were playing their game the other team just made shots and virginia's didn't go in and hopefully they fix that this they just look like a team that was totally overmatched um so that's a lot of question marks a lot of growing pains to go through um so zach like i said what what do you you know whether you think it'll happen or not maybe what are some things that might be employed as Tony keeps tinkering in the early season way that he does. We've seen so much in the rotation of these three games. Um, does that 
factor in? Is there, yeah. you know, putting in something new into the offense that we've seen before? What do you see in the, the personnel or strategy that could be tweaked here? Yeah, see, see, that's really the question. And I think that when you're evaluating scheme, you, you kind of have to ask, there's two questions you ask. It's, is the scheme limiting the players or are the players limiting the scheme? And I mm-hmm. think, unfortunately, in this scenario, it's a little bit of both um, because you look at that mover blocker offense that is Tony Bennett's, you know, that is the Bennett family offense. Mm-hmm. And it's very simple. It's a very simple offense. It's just, you know, the, I mean, you, UVA fans should know it at this point. It's just like running around the screens, basically, as the guards. <laughs> and then you have the two big guys setting screens. It's not you move super and you block. complicated. Don't right. give UNC the cheat codes. <laughs> Um, but when, when, when you run something like that, you have to know it, like know Mm -hmm. every single in and out. And really, I was watching this on replay before we came on and it feels like the only guard that really knows this offense is Kihei. And it makes sense. Mm -hmm. It just, the the guys don't seem to know the ins and out. Like they know the offense, you know, the offense, but just there's little movements, you know, Kyle guy was insane in this offense, right? Because he knew every single angle to take. Some of that is just natural Joe, ability. Joe right, and Joe. Kyle in the off-ball movement is exactly. Like I mean, Malcolm history. Brogdon understood how to come off a pin down and curl to the hoop. Like, mm-hmm, there's just things mm-hmm. about that, and obviously, those are great players. And I'm not saying that, you know. Um, but some of this is just inexperience. So, so mm-hmm. some of it is yeah. the fact that Armand Franklin is in his first year. You know, Reese is not necessarily built for this offense. Um, and they played so little of it, frankly, last year that I, mm-hmm. I understand why he has some experience in it. Um, and so do you ask, you know, how can you actually build an offense that's going to work for these guys? You say, okay, what if we go ball screens? We have these guards, Kihei, Reese, Armand, who can attack high ball screens. Problem right. is you can't spread that. You can't spread the floor because you don't have shooters, yeah. right? <laughs> They've been running this um, last year and the year before they did a lot of spread ball screen stuff where you had three guys on the perimeter and then Jay Huff as your primary screener. Great thing mm-hmm. about Jay Huff is that he is can do anything off yeah. of the screen. He can pop because mm-hmm. he's deadly from three-point range. He can roll and he can catch a ball anywhere and finish it essentially, right? So Jay Huff mm-hmm. is a massive missing piece. And then you had Hauser, Wolotensa, you had shooters on the outside, Murphy, um, Diakite even. You don't have that this year. And so they're running this weird little sort of triangle set when they run – pick and rolls where they have a you know a guy in a dunker spot trying to seal his man in the post it just it makes it really easy for defenses to help and it yeah. makes it really difficult yeah. for guards who can't really shoot over the top to get downhill mm. um all this goes to say i don't know yeah. honestly <laughs> like i sort of bringing back trey murphy right. like exactly <laughs> i would say run something that's five out sort of like what they opened with last year just to spread mm-hmm. the defense and let guards get to the rim Jaden gardner can get to the rim right there's ways to spread the floor that doesn't include being kyle guy right there are right. ways to do it you got to tinker with some small ball lineups and i know i tweeted this and i know that last night might not have been the best night to do it like with just the offensive rebounding issues and the size right. that houston has and the emphasis they put on that yeah. right but you got to try something with that like i mean t- get tane murray involved getting downhill he's a big body he can he can finish through I some like people yeah. you know yeah. get guys out there that are you know just let the guards sort of mess around trying to get downhill and and not being sort of in this construct of this really strict offense because the mover blocker offense can get really stagnant really fast and i think we've seen a <laughs> we've lot of seen that, that this year what? right i don't pretend I do. to be some off yeah i don't pretend to be some <laughs> offensive genius tony bennett knows the game way better than i do and no no no, no. Whenever, that's not what you, you know yeah it's yeah, but, yeah. but it's good it would be nice to see some experimentation and giving guys opportunities to sort of just 
play basketball, roll the yeah. ball out a little bit when these guys are so inexperienced. So I think we'll, there were a few times last night, though, just in the second half, that I did like what the offense was doing way more. The shots yeah. just still didn't go in, which is clearly right. still a problem. Yeah. But yeah. it looked – the second half – and this is the same – well, that was defensively for Navy. The defense looked significant. Like halftime adjustments were made defensively against yeah. Navy. Adjustments were made at halftime against Houston, but it was almost one of those like it was so far gone at that point. Like, yeah, it was just again just like the Gonzaga game. That game was lost in the first five minutes. Like if you get right. down ten mm-hmm. to one of those, it's two twenty guys, to six, and it's like all right, mm-hmm. yeah, you're like <laughs> we're well, not making enough shots. You know? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I agree with all that. What's yeah, a mean, way that they can get Gardner better touches? That's what that's yeah. what really, you know, watching this game and what springs to mind is exactly how you said it. The what the run at right now lends itself to easy doubles, easy help. Um, right. You know, yeah. I, yeah. Gardner's I, tough because traditionally in the Bennett offense, if you're trying to generate post touches, you're doing it out of mover blocker where he's right. setting a pin down, a guard is coming off the pin down, and then the, and he establishes post position out of that. I would say where he's best is in that sort of 15 foot range where he can drive or he can pull up. They used some like triangle three man offense last year that they used back with Gill, Brogdon. They use it in the national championship game actually to mm-hmm. get Hunter and a bunch of ISOs. Um, I would say some of that. The problem is that that's not really spreading the floor any more than anything that they're doing now. Okay. Um, but yeah, they're going to have to sort of find ways to get Jane the ball that's not just that baseline extended because he's too dynamic to sort of be boxed into just that one area on the floor. Sometimes it's also just difficult because he's like 6'6", and when he drives yeah. in, he's going to be around bigger guys, and he doesn't quite have the like handles to escape that or the... He's not a guard, so it's not like he's kicking. So, you know, some of that is just limitations. But, you know, hopefully they could get him the ball a little bit more out on the perimeter because he does have an ability to put the ball on the floor a little bit. Yeah, Um, yeah. I mean, I I don't pretend to have the answers, but yeah, exactly. I think think he's going to be one of the ones, him and Caden, I said this in like, I don't know. Caden, I think maybe we're talking about next year. And I'm sorry. I don't like to be, I don't, I really don't like to do the thing like, well, next year we're three games in. Like, that's very dramatic. Right, right, right. I mean, seeing where he's like his journey, I think he's going to be a very typical Bennett big man that really thrives his third and fourth year, like, really jumps into that. One, because he's had health issues that have kept him off the court. And then when he finally was like in the right direction, the poor kid gets mono and loses like 22 pounds that he didn't have in the first mm-hmm. place. Right. Like, bless his heart. And so getting that size back up and that's where both him and Jaden, I think, I think Jaden just needs time and reps against competition. Honestly, yeah. that's kind of just looking at it. Like where some of the things where I think he's in the right place or has the right idea, but it's not there yet. Like there was a fast break and I thought the pass was great, but he wasn't aware of the guy cutting across and like, it was really nice defensive play and transition by, by Houston. But those are the yeah. things I think by, like January, I expect that to go differently. Maybe it won't, but in my mind right now and what I've seen from him and his time at ECU, like it is a different speed, it, like especially in ECU played Houston. I think they beat Houston last year. Yeah, yeah Jane went off in that game. Yeah. yeah. And so that's like, they knew what to expect from Jane Gardner. Like that's, and so I, I think that he's going to be one that markedly improves over the course of the season. Hopefully a lot of them do. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I think he's one that will see dramatic Im- yeah, um, yeah. improvement. I think we, we've got to see it for them to be 
you know, successful to our normal yeah. lofty oh, goals. 100%, we, we've yeah. got to see it for Caden too. I mean, yeah. it's only three games and you just hit all the reasons why, um, you know, his tenure here so far has been yeah. uh, an incomplete, shall we say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, these three games, he's, he's, you know, he hasn't looked like he can fill the shoes that the hype was beginning to build for him, uh, for what, what we defensively, need defensively, like, yeah, he's no, block, blocking shots has been, been yeah. his strength uh-huh. for sure. But, you know, fouls and like just being a step different than where he should be. And, and, yeah. Yeah. um, you know, the free throws last night, the touch around the basket hasn't been there. So there's a lot of um need for him to improve mid-season you know for the jump for uva to be a strong team in this conference they've got to have them because they don't have much else i mean kafaro obviously brings a few things that we like but you're not going to be able to rely on kafaro um you know through a season as like your dominant big man you know or anything i don't know how he falls so much and gets moving so quickly again he's just sort of a a reckless bull man you know like that's his game right that dude spends as much time on the ground as jay huff did but is the size of jack salt like it blows my mind like it's just awesome legs everywhere as far as a bright spot goes i think we were talking about other guys question mark preseason who could step up and i've liked what i've seen from statman so far obviously last night he was the only guy who could shoot it um which was you know moderately helpful in a blowout but he looks (laughs) he looks like um capable of filling that wing position on both ends of the court um i think you know the reason he's gotten so much playing time in his career is obviously tony trusts him to do what he wants him to do defensively yeah so you know there's a little bit limitations there like obviously you wouldn't want seven guarding um even the guys that you could trust joe harris to get in front of during his (laughs) um you know third and fourth seasons known speedster joe harris right that's what i'm saying is like joey was never going to like lock down you know the the more athletic guys on the perimeter but he obviously was capable of playing in the system well enough to accomplish that task i think statman could get there um in in a similar type of uh you know physical uh attributes to, to 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 that type of question asked for him but he looks really comfortable with the ball he loves that weird little bank shot um that you've seen him employ over his years here uh from like uh i don't know midway up the paint and then out like not the elbow but yeah. like the the inner the, like like a mini elbow shot um it's very awkward looking. It's almost like Hansborough used to do that a lot in a in a sort of a similar type of release is what it reminds me of. But anyway, the ball goes in every freaking time he does it. So, you know, that if if that's what they're in need of is someone who can put the ball in the basket, then by all means, uh, let's see what Statman can do with more playing time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, to see, it's great when you see Cody knock down shots like that. Like, like the fact that he he's like three for four from three on the year. And obviously that's a really low volume. Um, but like, that is a market in, like that's, that's an improvement for him. And, and um, it's not going to, you know, change this team season necessarily, but you know, if he can give you a few points off the bench, that that's great. I mean, it's a shame that some of the young guys didn't, didn't show a lot, you know, Tane Murray and, and, and Carson didn't really, impress as much as they did against Radford seemed pretty I frankly I'm a little bit annoyed I I, I wish that they would play Tane on the perimeter because this guy played in a mover blocker offense last season mm. in, in New Zealand mm-hmm. like he's a guard who knows how to come off 
screens and hit shots and they don't have that so i i do i'm a little bit curious as to why tony's been using him so much at the four um but but yeah i mean if you're getting anything from the bench frankly it's a win um you know i i franklin is is i mean it's been throughout his career he's a really streaky shooter he shot 43 percent last year but that was off of a lot of like five or six games from three you know, mm-hmm. and then so so that that is something that I'm now remembering from looking at his stats and whatnot and tape last season. So like I, I don't think we can necessarily he's not gonna be like a two for five every single game type of guy. It's gonna be those games where he is either hot or he's either cold. Mm-hmm. Um hopefully he can grow into some consistency now that he's sort of an upperclassman. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the shooting on this team is really sparse. And we knew that coming in. It's just like, you know, Kihei, I mean. Kihei knows what shots to take. He's, you know, if he's mid thirties, you're happy, but it's like, you know, there's just, there's not a lot of easy answers and that's just really tough. Um, I think I did like that Armand with the three struggling again, did yeah. more in the second half and like created a shot Agreed. and like did, did a lot more. I thought that yeah. was that. And that's what we're going to need. If, yeah, absolutely. If he's, if that three's not going down, he's a streaky night. Like, and that's the problem. That's what, where I think this team will run into the most issues is a lot of the threes that they've taken. And, and it's hard to say like with the blowout, like which ones near the end were just like, okay, how many were desperation, right? whatever. But when you look at even the ones against, like one of the issues against Navy was, and someone was like, nobody even wants to score. I'm like, no, people want to score. They want to score. I'm telling you right now, like right. I, you can ask any of them and they want to score points. There is that hesitancy or the, and even the Ty Kyle, second you know their second years they did this too they passed up shots and that's how london perantes ended up with these like ridiculous numbers we have to throw something up at the end of the shot clock but you could hear it in the crowd against navy where like someone right. would pass up a really like right. a, what looked like a good three and you know oh, like and that's yeah. I, I have to imagine that has to like feel really bad i'm not gonna lie like <laughs> I don't know if that, I don't know if that helps the well, confidence. I'm not blaming the it. fans. Guilt them into shooting guys. Yeah. It was understandable that the fans felt that way, but like yeah. the next time do you like, I would panic even more anyway, whatever. Um, but yeah, I think that that's going to be such a huge issue for this team. It's like, are, are they going, cause when they took some of the, I thought they took better shots against Houston again, going in is also a huge part of that discussion but yeah. i thought there was less of that hesitancy which i think is at least some sort of a step and and that's where like if cody's two for three cody should be taking more than three shots i mean cody like yeah yeah no agreed i mean reese had one that was in and out kihei yeah. was two for six but you know two of those could two more of those yeah. could have dropped yeah. and then this is a much different game we're talking about and i'm oh, yeah, you know, those those guys aren't established shooters so it's not like you can totally count on that no. um, but you were right like the, franklin getting to the rim in the second half is really great and that's something yeah. that he's going to need to do yeah um because he's physical and can get there right and, and and if if he learns how to use his body a little bit more he's also capable in the mid-range like that's something that is sort of that, that this team really hasn't didn't have last year is like a guard who can put the ball on the floor and go and make a shot like just go create a shot out of thin yeah. air kind of you know it's something that you know deandre hunter could do ty could do a certain extent you know you, you just need floaters. a guy right exactly see that's that's one thing these guards can't do is floaters reese yeah. needs to learn how to put put up anyway i'm nitpicking mm. now <laughs> um but but armon you know if he can you know p- 
make some pull-up mid-range shots. I know they're not great, but when you don't have anything else going offensively, Armand can be that creator a little bit. And it was nice to see him in the second half put up 11. Yeah. He's probably going to be this team's leading scorer if Gardner can't adapt to playing against bigger guys. Yeah. Um, but, you know, th- th- there's there's positives to take away. Like, it's not – the world is not ending. This team is not – you know, this team and especially not this program, you know, they're not in the dumpster. Um, I and I still think this team could be easily top four in the ACC yeah. if they get their stuff together. Like we're not yeah. looking at, I mean, maybe, you know, but I, I still feel confident, confident about An this team outside making the tournament. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Like, I, you know, I, I still think Bennett's going to turn things around and he has enough tools and enough guys at his disposal. And, you know, he's a pretty smart guy. So he's going to be able to scheme some <laughs> things together. That, that's if they could work find points for that 2020 team, like, guy, like, exactly. actually, like, I do think that this, I think the 2020 team, ha- like, when we talk about, it's always people talk about talent. Like when you have someone, I, I just think that this is a very similar team in my mind. Like yeah. you're still figuring out. There's a bunch of new faces, a bunch of new people trying to figure what, figure out what the hell they're doing. Right. And the defense I think is actually a little bit ahead of where I thought they were going to be. Um, yeah. Like, honestly, like I really thought that they, I thought think that they've played better. Obviously the opening game against Navy, but anyway, and, there's a lot of things to be taken away from it. I thought that they actually didn't play terribly last night in some situations, but um, that needs to get better as well. But I think it's going to be a team that's again, defensive minded and is going to win. If they win games, they're going to win some ugly games like this. This isn't a team from 2021. That's going to drop 80 on you, or that's going to drop 70 and lose 76, 70. Like, you know what I mean? Like this is, this is going to be the ones that people really hate to watch. Um, Virginia wise. All right. So um yeah, we'll see. Coppin State uh coming town Friday is really bad. So <laughs> hopefully that's not an issue. Game, I swear. Yeah, but um they'll be playing Georgia uh, a few days after that. I think that's Monday night. So that'll be more indicative of I don't I don't think Georgia's supposed to be very good, but um you know Jabri's gonna go off for like 30, so it's fine. Yeah. Mm, I mean without Casey Marcel. No, he's not. Right <laughs> so even, I'm just saying, like like that's Marcel in my might. mind how this is gonna go happen. This is how it's gonna right, happen. Right. No, I know what you mean. Um <laughs> no, Marcel very, very well might later, but uh yeah, we'll see how they look in that, you know, if they win. If they win the Georgia game handedly, then uh, it'll be because they have found some answers to these questions. So we will check back next week. But certainly we want to spend plenty of time on the football team uh, who, uh, well, you know, did what we expected that they were going to do as far as if they played without Brennan Armstrong, uh, the defense was going to uh, give up plenty of points and uh, the offense was going to struggle against a really good Notre Dame team. And that's what we saw. Um, that wasn't necessarily on Wolfolk. I thought, um, you know, true freshman quarterback against the top 10 team did about as well as we could ask, but you could see it that, you know, they were, they were trying to make some throws happen that he just wasn't capable of making that Armstrong is. Um, I feel like you, most people walked away from that game against Notre Dame thinking, gosh, a normal Armstrong production and the who's probably win. Right now. That's, that's a big assumption. Fr- that's why I'm most frustrated because it wasn't like, look, here's the thing. They were on like the, what the 10, 12 yard line. Virginia was driving, um, ended up like going for and forth. I don't remember what they actually did in that situation, but it was a, it was 21, nothing at the time with like four minutes left in the third. And 
a 21 seven game going into the fourth quarter is a very different, like it wasn't, I'm just saying that to say like Notre Dame at no point felt like they were just trying to ramp like that. They were so in control that they were running the score up. Like they weren't playing with their food to keep it at 21, nothing. Like Mm -hmm. they were unable to like, I thought the defense actually had a pretty good game. All things Mm -hmm. considered like their Kyron Williams is a, like he's very talented. Um, But two interceptions, two turnovers on downs i think one punt which <laughs> a punt um but was it ideal no is it what we should set the, the standard to absolutely not but that's why i was like oh man i'm good. and this is not like jay wolfolk i thought did very well for the situation um that's a lot to ask someone to step into but fact of it remains is that i think virginia has the best quarterback in the country when he's healthy and mm-hmm. that guy wins that game i think or at least yeah, it's a yeah. very it, differently played out game. Yep. I mean, I think that's how we all felt. Again, it, it's a massive assumption because, you know, Notre Dame, I think, anticipated playing, and at least they saw once who, who was starting that yeah. that changes your defense approach, like, like when you know that it's not Brennan Armstrong. So uh, it, it certainly would have been more fun with a healthy Armstrong to see yeah. how the Who's would have performed. Um, I think the, the highlight probably to me was Mike Hollins looking really good, just like passing that eye test uh, as a running back. He seemed to uh, fill in for, obviously we know Wayne Talapapo wasn't available to play. Um, he didn't get that many touches, but nine carries and an average 4.9 yards on those. He just looked the part to me as somebody yeah. who seemed like a talented running back against, you know, again, a, a, a good defense, potentially the best defense the Who's have played all year. Um, other than that, they're not Keaton, really, really great sports. Well. I mean, yeah, Keaton filled the, the box score. Yeah, I'll, I'll give him that for sure. He he's probably the MVP um, of the game for sure for the Who's. But you know, we don't really need to. I don't know hash this out anymore. They uh, like yeah. They, we we knew going into BYU and Notre Dame that the coastal was going to be available regardless. The big story is Brennan's health still. So. There's lots of, you know, I don't think Zach's here to break any news this week on uh, on Brennan's availability. Uh, Correct oh, me if I'm wrong. You no, got no, no. <laughs> it seems that, like the the chatter from the coaches who I know are always going to be a little. Here's uh, the sources. No, no, no. I haven't heard shit. Um, but it seems like there are reasons to be optimistic that potentially could play. Um, against Pitt, this is a huge ask for even a healthy Brennan Armstrong because Pitt oh, yeah. has established himself as, um, you know, uh, the, the, the coastal favorite and potentially the best team next to Wake Forest uh, so far in the league. Um, you know, they're sitting at 5-1. Uh, they have just, well, not shellacked UNC. Uh, they let UNC come back in a game that they were handedly uh, dominating early on, but um I guess what you could look at is they let Duke score 29 points and the who's didn't do that. So well, maybe, maybe there's some ways. I mean, obviously Brennan Armstrong's capable, capable of scoring against anybody. I don't think right. anyone is really fearing Pitt's defense to the extent that we should be pessimistic about a healthy Brennan able to score. I think Pitt has a good defense. Don't get me wrong, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's not like something that we're going, Oh, they're going to be able to shut down a healthy Armstrong. We just don't know what Armstrong's availability is. 
We don't know what Wayne's is. We don't know what Billy Kemp's is. Yeah, I was going to say Billy um, Kemp's the other one. And that's huge. So I just wish they hadn't played BYU and Notre Dame because <laughs> then yeah. we'd be healthy and could continue with the more important things. Going out of conference games. Is the yeah, exactly the division. And that's, I think, unfortunately, the rest of the season really is, I don't know, it all depends on Brennan, but the the defense has to do something. Yeah. So, anything something just yeah. you cannot have the type of performance like you did against BYU like you have to get some some sort of stop in some way like I, I just it's Turn and that's where something. I was like yeah, yeah that's where I actually that, again that's why I was like hey you know the defense if giving up 28 to a team like Notre Dame like this is where this year this team this offense can score more than 28 points and I, I agree with you almost on anyone like obviously they didn't against Wake Forest and that would be considered like Brennan's off day whatever yeah um but I just think there's so much this is, and what terrifies me about this pit team is Kenny Pickett and their ability to throw the ball really well yeah. into tight spaces with right. good receivers like and, well, and this this league is just I was trying to think about it because every single, you know, if anyone, if you don't follow David Hale from ESPN on Twitter, you should, he's hilarious and, and always has like really interesting stats, I think. Um, but the number of like ACC quarterbacks with Brennan, Sam Hartman, Sam Howell, uh, Devin Leary, um, Kenny Pickett um, missing one, but that's okay. Um, that these guys that are in the top tens for the entire country for like this, this, and this number reach, whether it's passing mm -hmm. yards, touchdowns, all this stuff. Um, and I was like, man, the, and I think part of it is the defenses just aren't as strong as the offenses in the ACC. But the other yeah. part is that the quarterbacks in the wide receiving cores are literally that good. Like, because some of these catches and, and pat, like passes that are made, I mean, Dontavian Wicks has had several of them like in good defense where you're like, that was just better offense. Like, and I think that there's a lot of that. So I try and like give defenses a little bit of credit where it's like, okay, yeah, that was just really difficult to catch with Josh Downs out there doing this thing. But at another point, like you got to figure something, you got to get stops if you want to have any sort right. of chance whatsoever to win this game. Well, so um, Pitt's, Pitt's loss um, to Miami in Pittsburgh uh, yeah. was a shootout you know that wasn't yeah. um other than Miami being able to force Pickett into a couple interceptions it yeah. wasn't like they were keeping Pitt from doing what they yeah. wanted to do I mean Pickett threw for over 500 yards and in, in a loss right yeah. uh, which we're familiar with uh, of course <laughs> um yeah. You know, maybe if assuming Armstrong or, you know, maybe uh, Jay with a, you know, a, a more experience feels feels comfortable and makes some of these throws, regardless, if UVA is able to play up to its potential on offense, they're capable of winning a shootout. It's just we haven't seen it yet. The, the shootouts have been yeah. UVA losses for, you know, well, they, especially on the, the Louisville game, a, a shootout. Yeah, was, like, they, like a Miami to a degree, but Miami yeah. to a degree because they let Miami come back. So it was a bit yeah. of a shootout, but really the UVA offense stalled like that's yeah. Zach. What are you seeing for uh, this upcoming game? I just, it, it comes back. Just what I said a second ago. I mean, this team is not generally that good on the road and, and, yeah. and like we haven't beaten I mean, I guess you could say Miami's good now that Van Dyke's figured things out, but I don't think he was necessarily good against us. Um, and, and so it just like, you know, we saw what happened against BYU. We saw what happened against North Carolina. It's just like we have not, this defense especially, has not been able to get stops on the road. And, mm -hmm. it, you know, okay, yeah, against Louisville they did, but you, you ask questions. And, and against an offense like Pitt, 
Um, fortunately, as you said, Pitt has lost games and they've been sort of like the definition of like the coastal lead dog in the sense that they've like been inconsistent and, and, you know, mm-hmm. every single coastal team ever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I have significant doubts that this defense is even going to give us a chance on the road, even if Brennan plays just cause you know, he's going to be limited. Um, I'm very pessimistic going into Saturday. Cause even when Brennan was fully healthy, it seemed like a game that was potentially out of our reach, but you never know when you have, a, you never have, you, I mean, maybe this is just like after BYU and whatnot that every single, yeah. everything felt hopeless, but um, you know, I guess the, the, the point always being that if Brennan's playing anything can happen. But, yeah. That's kind of where I was all season. Like, yeah. Going out of, obviously the only thing that out of the BYU one that changed that for me is that him being hurt. Right, like right. That, I, I still think that even pre my biggest question is going to be no matter who plays and which is also why I think that if Brennan's not like, I'm very curious to see what their choice decision-making process is because it likes to rush six. They they rush six more than they blitz with six more than any other team. I think is what Mm. David Hale said today or yesterday. Mm. And so they are going to blitz. They might, you know, and look, and that works for Notre Dame against Jay, which is obviously a good call because he's new. He's still trying to, like, isn't as comfortable in the pocket or isn't comfortable rolling out. And that makes sense. Um, if it's Brennan, I'm concerned because I would, here's the thing, I'd rather beat Tech than win the Coastal. <laughs> is that terrible at this point? Like, it's if a, I have it's one a or the question other. question we have to sure. ask at this point. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm kind of like, if he's at 80% and could further hurt himself to take him out completely, would I rather, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I, and this was a team that was, I don't know if you guys were, like, they were picked to finish fifth in the coastal. I'm not saying we should accept what the media picks, whatever, but this team has, you know, the last two games have just been really tough, like mm-hmm. to have it be this Notre Dame team and that game at BYU that had the repercussions it did. So the, the hope index is like definitely heading the wrong direction. And I understand that. Um, I have class on Saturday. I was hoping Ooh. for a seven 30 game. It is not. I- <laughs> My last class starts at 3.15, so apologies to my strategy professor in advance. <laughs> I think, um, you know, if if the, like you said, Zach, if it's a defense that we saw in Utah, um, even Brennan Armstrong's best game probably doesn't win this game. You know, like, yeah. like, uh, you, you need Just because Pitt is better than BYU, likely. Because, right, exactly, because if the defense plays like they did against BYU, they're going to give up absolute 80. perfection, you know? Yeah, so give, yeah, so it, even with a healthy Armstrong, it's a big question mark uh, of who would show up. You get a little bit of a glimmer of hope from the defense being, being able to do something against Notre Dame to a degree. Yeah. So under 30, but, is but that was at home. And it just seems to be such a, uh, a, a not Jekyll and Hyde. Cause that, that sort of implies they've been good at home, <laughs> but they, <laughs> You know, uh, uh, worst case scenario seems to be how they've how they've been playing on the road. I, I, like I said uh, to to Mike on last week, I, I haven't seen a worse defense than some of these games in in all of my Virginia fandom. You know, so if they show up like that, then it's going to be a disaster. Regardless, it's not saying they are. It's obviously possible that they that the improved wacky coastal uh brings us an improved eva defense in this game so um they're gonna it's have to force out right uh, we're, we're gonna have to force turnovers and i just 
some of that's luck. Some of that's an individual play here and there. It's sure not going to be getting a Kenny Pickett often because this team's incapable of rushing the passer. Um, so maybe they get some bounces that go their way. So excited to see a punt. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that is, I mean, forget the, I mean, yes, they need to force turnovers, force a punt. <laughs> I swear. Yeah. I just, it's just like, make a tackle. You know, like I mean, the first one, <laughs> like the first guy, hand in hand. get a make the tackle. Don't rely on the third guy to make the tackle. Yeah. Just so I, many you know. times where you're like, he's got, oh no, he's 30 yeah. years on the field. Okay. never mind. Sorry. We just, you know, we were just rehashing the stuff we've been, uh, everybody's been complaining about and noting all, all season long. So you know, yeah. ho- hopefully it turns around um, 3.30 uh, ESPN2. Uh, Saturday. Great for national. Pit. More people can see us. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll be back to to talk about this Hokies game. Uh, any any quick thoughts on on the Hokies uh, coaching search or? Oh, or I forgot that happened already. Look at me. Well, I know uh, we said. I think we said on here, and certainly we've been chatting about it on Twitter and such. That, that if they fired Fuente and appointed a former player uh, as an interim coach, that's the worst possible worst move possible for UVA. Yeah. And that's exactly what they did. Um, and you know what else is going to be so for sure bad. going to happen, right? Mm. That they're going to lose their next game and then have to win against Virginia to get the bowl streak thing. Right, right. Whatever. You, right. Like 100%, 100%. How many times has that happened in the last like six years? Um, like every year. Except yeah, when they have like three schedule games. <laughs> like I, they're um, so bad too. They're so, <laughs> they're so bad, bad, which makes me like, more nervous. Like, I know UVA's defense is real bad, so they Tech could easily be in the game and easily win the game, but they're so they're so bad. <laughs> like they just oh, look like man. a bad team. And, and I know that like there's so much you know other stuff that just the Tuesday at like pre eight a.m. is the weirdest firing I think I've ever seen. Yeah. Like it's even weirder to yeah. me than leaving someone on a tarmac. Like that makes like okay, you're not even coming back, bud. You're toast. Like you're out. Like it's almost like they just didn't want to give him a chance to win any more games. You know? What yeah, I mean? they didn't like, want to. They, they, they didn't want to give him a chance like, to beat yeah, Virginia, or Virginia. Right? They're just like <laughs> we gotta get him out. Like, or and someone said this might be it that they wanted him to have senior day with the class which was the last game but like if that's the case how do you not have everything lined up for like monday morning why tuesday it makes i definitely want like that's so weird i don't know why i'm fixating a good on that sleep, just like it's you know. so weird it, it's got to be they were waiting for something on the back end to get confirmed Some you know whether it be the buy- or- no no i mean like securing the money for the buyout from something in particular or I, you know it doesn't have to be that it could be a thousand other things that they were waiting yeah. for a definitive yes and something that they needed to feel comfortable and it just happened to come and they were like great fine as soon as possible but i think it, and didn't they negotiate weird. the buyout down but it's still like it if could everyone, have just been waiting for everyone. an answer on that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I just mean, like, I think they're still ending up paying like 11 or something when you count all of the assistance and stuff. Oof. Like 11 million. I'm like, look, not a lot of colleges are swimming in extra cash right now coming off yeah. this COVID year. Certainly a choice, but. Well, it'd be interesting to see who they appoint, how that impacts um, their, <laughs> right, yeah, uh, their recruiting. <laughs> um i don't you know i don't follow it too too closely i don't think there's anybody uh, in danger of switching from virginia tech to virginia uh as far as uh, football commits go if, if anything i feel like they've given up all the big guys to unc already so unc is probably full um uh, but you know they've got some good in-state guys who might look elsewhere because of a transition in staff yeah. um 
which I guess in the short term is good news for the Who's, but, um, you know, we'll see. There's a whole lot, you know, that's a huge, huge role to fill in the college football landscape. Um, and so they've got their work cut out for them in terms of bringing in the right guy for that job. But we'll talk more about that next week. Caroline, thank you so much for joining us again. Thanks for having me. I miss you guys. We missed you and we appreciated, uh, you know, the, the, the opportunity to hear some thoughts that aren't just me and Zach bouncing the same thoughts off, <laughs> off each other for sure. Um, but we will be back next week, of course, uh, to talk about these couple of basketball games and the football game. Till then, stay tuned to streakinglawn.com for uh, pregame and postgame coverage of all that good stuff uh so yeah till next week go who's 